I was nearly waiting for Brandon there, but since he's not here, hello humans, it's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast, <laughs> DC Comics Review Show number 113. I don't think that's an unlucky number, at least it better not be. So, this is the Definitely. world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes, and with me as always is Josh. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, if you heard me before, that is correct. Mr. Brandon Chandler is not with us this week. He is very busy with a lot of schoolwork because apparently midterms is three weeks into the year. I don't know how that happened. I guess school really changed since I was last there. Six week semesters, I guess. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, either I, that or maybe the college need to go to college. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I never did post-secondary, to be honest with you, so... I just lived precariously through my friends' post-secondary lives, if you call that living. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcast dot com, and you can get us on Twitter too at notarobotpodcast or at notarobotcomics, and visit us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcasts where you can support us and get in touch with our very own Discord server where we're always talking about all sorts of random stuff. And you can chat with us and other fans. Keep an eye on Twitter for more info. So for today's books, we are looking at Dark Crisis, Young Justice number 4, Catwoman number 47, The Flash number 786, Nightwing number 96, and World's Finest number 7. And if that list seems a little small compared to the amount of books that came out this week, that's because that is pretty much the only ongoings. <laughs> Everything else yeah. is a miniseries. <laughs> Which yep, just, or just still not, not, not important. Yeah. As well as a couple of honorable mentions, which will most likely be a lot of the miniseries. Uh, but before we get that, before we get into that, let's get into some news. What's going on in your neck of the woods, Josh? Got anything interesting going on? Uh, no, not at all. Other than I, I am, I am tired of little kids that want to change who they want to be for Halloween every month because that shit is getting a little too expensive. <laughs> I, I can understand that. <laughs> How many costumes have you gone through so far? This is now we're working on costume number three, and I know for a fact that okay, so. The, the good thing is that I, I know they're going to change their mind again. I'm almost uh, almost 100% certain that they're going to change their mind and go back to something that we've already got. So, so so uh, like, fingers crossed there. But, um, yeah, ooh, at least you already Jiminy got it. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, guys, don't grow next year. Just stay, you know, one year, one height. <laughs> Use these sons of bitches next time. <laughs> Man, I, I went to scream two years in a row when I was like 12 so there's no reason you can't be the same thing twice fair enough yeah uh yeah I, I've got not, not much to talk about you've got not much to talk about this is the guy that's getting married here this weekend I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> that sounds bad. I'm just a very reserved person. Um, or shit. Yeah. Or shit. Him and his him and his wife, um, <laughs> the soon to be wife, are awesome people. Uh, they they definitely deserve each other. And yeah. for anybody that's never had the pleasure of sitting down and playing Mario Kart with these guys, 
you are missing out on life. <laughs> Thank you very much. Same to you, good sir. You and Holly are excellent Mario Kart players and lots of fun to play with. <laughs> I mean, that being said, we should try to get maybe a public tournament going one day. For oh, all you listeners out should... there, if y'all want to play Mario Kart with us, drop us a line because we are ready. We we are very very willing to play Mario Kart with whoever. <laughs> oh yeah, in Multiverse yeah. City, and Super Multi- Smash yeah, Brothers. Yeah, Smash for sure. Well, Mario Kart I think is a little easier because there's there's a, a bigger player cap, but definitely Smash and Multiverses is up there as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm getting married. That, 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 that as Josh said, this Saturday, I'm getting not getting this first one out of the way. Yeah, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Angela, if you're listening, listen. <laughs> I'm just yeah. No, oh, she she is the geek of my heart. Uh, she she's somewhat into comic books, but she loves Sailor Moon and Wonder Woman. Um, but we play a lot of games together, as was stated. Yeah, she's great. You'd all love her. Maybe one day she'll do a podcast as well. One day. One day, someday. We'll never stop yeah. bugging her. Who knows? But uh, um, any news going on in the industry, comic or comic related? That's, that's the thing. I, I've been seeing some stuff coming up for Marvel, but I think it's just the, the regular solicit information. And maybe mm-hmm. like stuff that's happened today that because uh, we're recording on Wednesday, stuff that's happened today that, that uh, news sites want to talk about. Uh, DC had their solicits come out last week for December. Not much to talk about. Um, wait, did we? No, we didn't get to cover it last week, did we? What's that? The solicits. Oh no, no, we did talk about Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth number seven. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we started talking yeah. about it, got to a point where there wasn't, there really isn't anything but speculation, or wasn't yeah. at that time. Yeah, and there still isn't any new information. There probably will be no more information until, at the very least, January solicits in the month, or December when the book comes out. Um, yeah, there's not much to go on with soli- with the solicits. There's a lot of story arcs ending in December. To which Nathan, uh, a good friend of ours and member of the community, uh, has has written up on our. Oh, right, we have a Substack. I guess we should start adding that in. I don't know if I, I don't know if Brandon's been mentioning that, but we have a Substack now. Be sure to subscribe. <laughs> yeah, um, it's free and it's great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Brandon's uh, usually is, uh, right in his opinions. Yeah, Brandon's got a lot of good stuff on there. I think Kirk has posted some stuff, uh, and Nathan does a regular. <clears throat> he was trying to do uh, weekly posts, but uh, it, he's been a little busy himself. But he has been keeping up yep. with the solicits, and he always does a write up every time we get new solicits out. So he did yep. a little write up on on Tom. his theories about uh, how the story arcs are ending, and with the new era of the DCU starting in January is a bit bigger than we may think, seeing as. Uh, there will be a lot of new story arcs starting in January, which uh, is speculation, but it's it's fun to speculate, and I think that that's a very good theory because there's a lot of weight behind it. There is, there yeah, is, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, well, that, not looking out past, not looking out all the way to January. I do want to 
bring up something that I've been throwing around in the Discord a lot, and um, that's how no matter <laughs> this is a much deeper argument than I'm about to state it as, but no matter which way you slice it, we are still in the 90s when it comes to comic books. And as a matter of fact, DC is indeed tipping their hat to the 90s in November. Uh, DC rewinds to the 90s in November with Wildcats making a return on November 8th. There's a four-issue miniseries of Waller vs. Wildstorm. And... And there's oh they're gonna do there's gonna do like fifteen specials just ninety themed variant covers across titles, and before Batman Spawn number one comes out, the classic collection originally printed in the nineties is going to be released as as somewhat of an omnibus. So um, yeah, not only are we stuck there, but we are full on admitting it now. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Radical. Totally extreme. Tubular. I think there's a certain point where we just start going back to the 80s and then it gets a little too yeah. colorful. Yeah. Ikarumba and Kawabunga and Inuyasha. Yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely see the 90s are, are making a comeback. Uh, I guess the decade I grew up in is now retro. I'm How's that feel? <laughs> wait, wait until you're walking in the grocery store, my man. Wait until you're walking in the grocery store and a song you heard as a child is on the radio as classic rock. Oh, that's already happened. They're, they're that's horrible. Radio, the classic rock radio station in Toronto, Q107, they've... Uh, They've been playing Nirvana and and I think even a bit of uh, Blink One Eighty Two for a couple of years now. <laughs> when I was growing up, it was strictly seven sixty seventies and eighties, and now they've broken into the nineties because that shit was twenty two years ago, folks. Yeah, if you don't feel old yet, if you were born in the nineties, feel old. I I don't mean that as a threat, but. You, you probably will <laughs> give it time as i stated i'm 32 <laughs> i feel old as hell don't take but that as a threat <laughs> everybody older than me is telling me shut the fuck up you're 32 calm down oh, i know this because me. i've been told that by people older than me it gets worse shut the fuck up calm down <laughs> it gets worse no <laughs> But, uh, yeah, as far as the 90s goes, other than rubbing it in um, a little bit that I've been preaching that, it's actually happening. Did you have anything else in the way of news? No, I actually have not really seen much. But I also haven't had time to look at a lot. Uh, the small bit of time I have had to look at some news, I haven't really found anything much to talk about. Uh, you know, a lot of wedding planning, last minute wedding stuff to get ready. I don't know how, how it is for everybody else, but the last week before your wedding, it's a really stressful time. You have to make sure yeah, everything's ready to go. <laughs> at least you know your wedding is going to be super cool. His his wedding diaper pieces are going to be a Green Lantern and a Sailor Moon, for crying out loud. Now, yeah. that that how how cool is that? You, you, yeah. You're walking away with, like, you're not doing the same shit as everybody else does. Going, It's like, I want to dork wedding okay well then i'm gonna exactly. do star wars hell no i'm gonna dork it out our way 
Yeah. <laughs> we, we do have Star Wars playing during the ceremony, but we also have Sailor Moon. Uh, and we'll have Beauty and the Beast Incorporated, because that's Angela's favorite Disney movie. And as the, our centerpieces do have a, a Green Lantern that I, I spray-painted green last night. But we'll also be propped up by... Because we're both heavy readers, of course, I've been to comic books, and Angela loves novels, so it will be held up by uh, a graphic novel and two novels that the people can actually... Whoever wins the centerpiece at the end of the night can take the books home to keep and have them as they wish, and if they choose not to have them, feel free to donate them to a school or a library to keep the dream alive. Hells yeah. Tell me that's not wicked awesome. I love it. And yes, uh, as not the, even uh, my choice, but half the, the graphic novels we have are Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Yeah, as you stated, do it your own way. Go your own way. I, I am super non-traditional about this stuff. Um, we're still going classy. We're still doing some traditional stuff. But but quite honestly, if you're going to have fun, if you're going to do something for you, make sure you do it your way and have fun with it. Uh, don't worry about what everyone else is saying or thinking or doing. Just do it. As they say, you do you, boo-boo. Yep. Yep. And, and rule number one when it comes to a wedding, don't forget the people that you should limit the wine for. Make sure you tell the bartender. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, if you want to have a fun, chaotic night, give them more. Oh, yeah. Oh, but that's at uh, your discretion. I couldn't do that with my mom. That was an absolute oh, no. no-go. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the wrong kind of chaos, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Chaos yeah. in the literal sense. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a deep, bleak darkness. Like the yeah. abyss. Yeah, you, you don't want that kind of chaos. Nope. Speaking of Abyss, or rather the opposite of, uh, the honorable mentions list is a little larger than usual this week. Yes. <laughs> uh, Fables number 155. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in, in on them. Uh, Fables it. number 155. It's Fables. Read it. Uh, duo number five. It continues to be my favorite book at Milestone right now, and that says something um, because there's a lot of good books that coming out of Milestone. Um, duo number five. That is that is a great read. If you're not reading it, go do it. Titans United Blood Pack, a spinoff of Titans United, which was a spinoff of the TV show, and it's all just kind of markedly together. But um, it is a really action-packed issue with incredible incredibly vibrant art uh, if that sounds like you something you're interested in go ahead and pick that up the Harley Quinn 30th anniversary special and I'm so glad that that title wasn't any longer than that number one <laughs> uh, it's got 130 different damn stories in it inside of Harley Quinn one for every kind of flavor that you're interested in except no kissing booster gold thank the the goofy gods for that one uh up to and including seeing the harley who laughs and even red tool so it's probably got some kind of harley that you're into pick that one up if you got the money to spare one you need to make sure you've got your budget set aside for is the black adam number four book black adam number four is kick ass as has the last three been leading up to this 
I am super into this book. Priest knocks it out here. Sandoval with the assist. Real good read. You would like it. Deceased War of the Undead Gods. The stakes have never been higher. And I mean, shit just got real in this one, guys. Such a great read with amazing art. Um, All Out War, DC versus Vampires. That art is great. The story is great. The whole series is pretty damn good. I like it. Um, Batman the Night number nine. I am still a fan of this series. I uh, nine issues in, and I was starting to get worried that it was going to be something that uh, eventually got stale, covering the same period of time. But it's it's not. It's 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 written really well. Uh, Zadarsky in what feels like something different than I've than I've read from him in 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 uh, in a long long time if ever and uh it's really good stuff I suggest you do that one and then finally Batman one bad day two face number one um you know I didn't think that these would be worth a damn but they are well or this one this is a really good two face story um where I, I, I felt like there were so few of those left, if if any good Two-Face stories left. Um, Tamaki pulled it off, man, and I really enjoyed that one. A pretty hefty honorable mentions list, but a uh, and overall it's a, a pretty good honorable mentions list. No ones I had to specifically turn on this time. Yeah. Yeah, if I could, uh, Batman the Knight, number nine, like... With that, you're getting exactly what you were told you were going to get. And that's just that journey of Bruce before he became Batman and meeting all the masters he trained with. And, and that's exactly... You go in with that expectation, you get that. And it's it's awesome. One more issue to go with that, too. It's, yep. What I'm excited for most is that Chip Starsky has stated that elements from this series that he's done with the Knights will translate into his ongoing stories in the Batman title. Which I and I have heard see. I have heard some shit about where that is supposed to be going. I heard it accidentally. Oh just, shit. Yeah, just fucking like crazily just mentioned in this article I was reading and um <laughs> that fail safe isn't just a fail safe for Batman and I'm, oh. I'm gonna that that that's what I yeah <laughs> okay and that's why we saw that flashback at the beginning of the book um as 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 a link to uh to to what it could be a, a fail safe for uh, I don't want to say anything more than that. Right. If you're not reading Zadarsky's Batman, you should. Uh, so if if you haven't, go out, go out and pick that issue up just so you can see what the hell I'm talking about, if nothing else. So far, this is great, guys. You really got to check it out. And um, if if that rumor if that rumor is right, it is. Uh, it'll be very interesting and, and 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 interesting in a way that I. I don't see how this wouldn't just change Gotham. It would definitely, it would definitely, it would definitely change. Um, 
I would think I would I would think it would definitely change Batman's world. Hmm. Um, potentially the whole Bat family's world. You'll you'll have to go back. I don't want to say it to for the and I don't. I usually don't have a problem dropping those, but um, I I think that this one, one I don't want to say it because this isn't my theory. But two, if it is right, I I don't want to put that out there and 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 uh, and potentially ruin it for anybody where it could be something that happens miles down the road. But I don't know if you've put it together yet, Rob. But um, if not, I I can uh, I can tell you off the air. Oh, please do. I, I have a, I have an idea of what you're getting at, but I, I'm very curious. I would love to know. <laughs> so All later, right, yeah, after the show, we'll talk about it. Sounds good. Uh, and, but that's that's can, that's it for my honorable if mention. If I can say about uh, DC's tour of the Indeed Gods number two, uh, Mr. Yeah. Tom Taylor, if you're listening, I I was on the fence about it, but I'm convinced I need you to rate Green Lantern. Yep. At yep. some point. After seeing your voice for Guy Gardner, which quite honestly, I don't think that... Unless you, you're painting Guy Gardner in the light where he's just like a nice, happy guy you can't do him wrong uh and tom taylor has a great voice for guy gardner and putting kyle and soranic together let alone making them a married couple just friggin great i love that yeah that was and that was cool. the only lanterns we saw were those three so if if you were to write green lantern you're bringing kyle back and you're bringing back soranic and Atu, which i am so for so please do But yeah, that's that's all I needed to say about that. Great what an interesting pair up, though. Soranic and Kyle. Yeah. That that, that just just those two hooking up together could make some really good uh, storylines. I mean, it did for a while, especially when it was revealed that Sinestro was Soranic's father. <laughs> it made. Right. Uh, dinners in the Natu house or the, the Sinestro household really awkward when Kyle came over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. And there there was a story arc, I think, if I remember right, where Saranic was kidnapped by something. Like like she was on a mission and she was captured and Kyle and Sinestro had to work together to rescue her because they both care about her. And the whole time it was it was really weird, but such a great story. If that's if it's not my imagination, because I can't quite remember if that actually happened, but I can picture it in my mind. <laughs> well, now I feel like that's a mission that we must go on. Yeah. <laughs> I, if it happened anywhere, it must have been Green Lantern Corps. I think that's where the majority of Saranic stories took place. Well, it was that, or it took it took place in an alternate universe, much like the only occupant of our spotlight this week. Yes, sir. That is a great transition because, as you've learned, I suck at those. So, <laughs> Dark Crisis: Young Justice number four is brought to us by writer Megan Fitzmartin, with art from Laura Braga, colors from Luis Guerrero, and Hi-Fi. Letters from Pat Brousseau, and uh, what I found a very, uh, not so much fun, but very interesting and kind of fun cover. Very 90s cover 
by Max Dunbar and Luis Guerrero. So we pick up where we left yeah, off. Very with 90s cover of, indeed. Very <laughs> 90s, yeah. Uh, the entirety of the 90s uh, Justice League and Titans lineup are attacking our Young Justice trio. Uh, but Superboy is now having his turn in the brain chair and thinking things are not quite as they seem and trying to get through to Impulse and Robin, despite the fact that Robin and Impulse in the past have tried to get through to uh, each other and nobody had listened, but now it's Superboy's turn to do that. He's saying, let's not fight. What if we just stop? Because none of this is real. These guys are only fighting us because we're resisting this world, so what if we just stop resisting the world and try to make a new start here? To which Robin and Impulse uh, call him crazy, understandably so in that regard because right. the fact that <laughs> Impulse is like, no, this world isn't real, we need to get home, and I honestly don't remember Robin's case in this right now because I he's just been off this whole time. Uh, <clears throat> we then jump into the real world where Sissy, Red Tornado, and Cassie have arrived at Titan's Tower in San Francisco as Stutch, the only one left standing, which did confuse me for a second, but I believe it was the Titan's Tower in New York that Deathstroke took down wasn't it not the one in san francisco it, uh, uh i don't know uh, yeah I, I honestly don't remember where the second titan's tower was now i think it's new york either way it's not there anymore so this would be the the old one the original titan's tower in san fran uh where they have gone to access uh a teleporter that or sorry rather a ship that'll get them off world to help them find uh robin impulse and superboy by any means necessary but they stumble upon uh a, a statue room of the fallen uh young justice members to which cassie says she does hate this room because it reminds her of how they are all one day going to die uh, they, her and Sissy have a little heart to heart because Sissy had no clue that this was even going on um, and was wondering why she was never told any of this then Cassie goes off and says like you you just shut us all out I tried to tell you but you didn't want any part of it so then they find Wonder Woman's invisible jet as that is the only ship available to them and they take off into I think they're in yes they're in space and come across space mites. I don't. I don't know if they're new. They look familiar, but I don't know. <laughs> but they're space, space mites mite. in space. In space, so they're not that quite mighty, or might, might, might like, might-ish. Because you can see them, they're not. They're not that small. That's what I'm trying to say. They're more like space, space insects. But they call them space mites, so we'll go with space mites. And we jump back into the fake world where the Young Justice trio are still fighting the heroes of that world, if you can call them that. And they have a little fight themselves, themselves, uh, to which Connor then just states up, you had a better life when I wasn't around, didn't you? You just want to go back to that world without me. Robin freezes, nearly gets attacked by fake Big Barda, but Impulse saves him, and then they have it out even more <clears throat> and at this i really want to know brandon's take on this we got to talk to him later on about this because this whole page with robin just kind of threw me for a friggin loop that he basically says um 
Yeah, I tried to bring you back, but nothing was working. I changed my whole life for you, just to honor you. Uh, but, but because you weren't around, I was just lost. Uh, and basically making it all about him. So, <laughs> at least that's how I took it. I did not like that part. Um, uh, then, well, in, yeah. in, in, in Tim's... In Tim's history, I mean, when when Connor went away, Tim Tim did go through a whole bunch, and um, without saying it here, it they they kind of make it sound like Tim and Connor may have had a thing back then, and um, mm. that I I think anybody that had even the slightest bit of an open mind just kind of assumed the same thing. Yeah, right. But I, I think that this is just like referencing back to that. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I can see that. There have been theories for years about how uh, they might have had a thing in the past. Maybe yeah. they still can. Who knows? If Brandon gets his wish, Bernard will go away. <laughs> so we'll right? <laughs> yeah. Um,. And before oh they Jesus! Can, can you actually... imagine if 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 both Superboys uh, ended up being bisexual? The whole the the fucking internet would melt. Oh, it would just explode. <laughs> I, mean, I could even see Connor just just being gay. Well, homosexual in any way, shape, or form. A member yeah. of the LGBTQA com- community yeah. at all? I think. I think. Oh, and you know it almost to the point where I would love to watch the head heads blow up on news. I think that they should do it. <laughs> I mean, I look at look at this guy. He wears a short biker jacket and skin tight red leather pants. Exactly. <laughs> He's high heeled shoes, guys. Come on now, come on, come on. Were you surprised when Judas Priest came out too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe if we told the future before, if this time next year Connor Kent is gay or bisexual, we're we're cashing in. Cashing. Uh, so before they can actually get to the end of their little squabble, Impulse, who is holding the fake Adam, uh, is pleading for him to not grow, not grow, not grow. But then Adam grows, uh, asks for oh, Impulse asks for help, not Adam. But then the Adam fires off some psychic wave uh, which is not a power Ray Palmer has but it's happening anyway Uh, and the fight ensues but then Bart says look you guys don't take me seriously you don't ask how I'm doing you don't listen to me when I tell you something is wrong and has his whole thing in the sun where they're all (laughs) basically uh, saying to each other that y'all don't care about me but they all care about each other they're just not admitting it to each other which is insane. Now we jump back to space, where the other Young Justice trio are getting attacked by space mites, which have appeared to have grown now. Uh, Red Tornado's outside, but can only do so much, because there are many of them, and one of him. So Cassie asks Sissy to go out in space and shoot an arrow, because physics, I guess. Uh, she can't do it because nobody else will be able to fly the jet but her. Understandable, but how the hell do you think a bow and arrow is going to work in space very well against space mites? I don't know. But space the point mites. is, space mites. Sissy goes out and a space mite 
breaks the strap that is tethering her to the ship <laughs> almost instantly, because uh, logic. logic. Uh, Red Tornado flies after her, catches her, saves her, uh, but then an alarm starts blaring. Or rather, or, uh, I think it's an alarm, but it's a red light. <clears throat> we jump back to the fake world, uh, where Impulse is starting to figure out what's going on. Uh, he realizes that the world is full of memories. Uh, not quite their memories, because the memories are different, but memories of them instead. Not their memories, per se. Now, uh, the version of the Mighty Endowed felt intentionally sexist, and Tora, uh, he, he barely, uh, Robin barely remembered <laughs> her the first time around. Uh, there, there's just a bunch of stuff that is there, but not quite the same. And then Impulse figures it out. It is none other than Mickey Mitzespitalik, the son of Mr. Mitzespitalik, and he is Young Justice's biggest fan, which is why they have to stay there or ruin their childhood. So. Uh, I swear DC has to think that we are talking to somebody on the inside. Um, we literally, we literally came out of fucking, I, I, it may have been me. I know one of us, we, we literally came out of left field last month and said that it was not just Mr. Mr. Mixis, a Pitalik, but the, that it was his going to be his son that it was. I, I no. got spoiled by a solicit <laughs> and I brought it up. Uh, okay. I didn't. I didn't put it out there because I know that not everybody wants to read the solicits that 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 far ahead. But the fact that they put that in the solicit <laughs> three months ahead of time still blows my mind. Why they do that, and they still release the solicits three months ahead and expect people to not get upset. But here we are. I just want to know what books are coming out. I don't need to know what's happening in the books. You know, that's the thing. But I, I yeah, I got spoiled by a solicit. Um, and so we were okay. So we were just talking yeah. about it back then. All we right, okay. I, I, I like, don't remember if I, if, I, if I actually mentioned it to you guys or what, but yeah. Uh, I remember. I remember talking about it. So that must yeah. have been. That must have been. Maybe wrong. that was it. We are psychic about a lot of stuff. So maybe not this, but other stuff. I don't. Know. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway. <laughs> for this issue though it's either it's getting repetitive with the plot or it's just getting old for me because they seem to just be going in circles it seems like the the squabbles between the trio are finally coming to a head but it also felt like uh, Megan Fitzmartin was just kind of having them repeat the same things over and over again and getting nowhere with it so Scooby Run could further along Cassie, Sissy, and Red Tornado story because when you have them actually doing stuff in the real world, you need the other three to be doing stuff in the fake world. But there's only so many things they could do, so just have them do the same stuff over and over again. Which is not great, but here we are. It's issue four, and they're finally coming to a conclusion on uh, a realization of what's going on between the three of them. But I don't think any of them have quite actually hit it yet. And now they're interrupted by the villain, so who knows if it's even going to happen. And... The color difference. Here's the thing: it's the same pencils, and we talked about this before. How between colorists, pencils can look completely different, but there there's a striking difference. 
between two pages that I had to like go back and look and figure what the hell was going on, and then I realized it was two colorists because they didn't talk about how they were coloring certain backgrounds. And when Cassie, Sissy, and Red Tornado are in the uh, the statue room in Titan's Tower, mm-hmm. one of the artists it doesn't say who did who did who did which pages. So one of the artists uh, colored all the statues marble and shaded, and that's it. And the floor was marble and shiny, but then the other artist, halfway through the issue, took over the rest of the story arc with the tro- the statue room. And now all the statues are in full color, everything is painted, and the floor is concrete. And it threw me for a loop, because it looked completely different out of the blue, and I wondered what the hell happened. So if you're going to do that, if you're going to have editorial oversight. Yeah, like, at least communicate <laughs> with each other. You can't, if you have to have two colors, you have to have two colors to get the issue out fine, but make sure they talk to each other and have the same thing going on, because it was very distracting. <laughs> Apart from that, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't exactly hate the issue, but it's just that this thing with the three of them, Superboy, Impulse, and Robin, going back and forth about how you guys don't like me, but you really like me, but you don't like me, just, okay, y'all like each other. Let's let's work out your issues and settle this and move on, please. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the issue, though, I'll give it a 7.5. Well, I came pretty close to that. Um, this is the first issue of the book that I kind of liked. Um, and it's just kind of. It is issue number four, so it took a while to get there. It's crazy. And uh, with Fitzmartin writing, there's no guarantee that it's going to be good going forward. So, uh, the, like like Robert said, the whole... Um, uh, CW drama that's going on between the three of them is uh, really stale already. There was no reason for it. The only reason why I feel like this one was any better was because of the uh, reveal of uh, Mr. McFiddlick's uh, kid there, Mickey. Um, but but that's it. The art, the, the art, the pencils are good. Uh, some of the inks and the colors, again, a bit too heavy. Some of them completely wrong, like Rob had mentioned again. Dialogue felt repetitive, a little confusing as to why Superboy is so hung up on not dying. Like everybody else, he came back. So, I mean, that part don't even really make sense. Um, there's there's really no telling how friggin' weird this is going to get, and it's already gotten pretty damn weird. So I, I gave this... Uh, uh, six out of ten. Fair enough. Well, yeah. Hopefully it gets better. I think there's two more issues to go. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and with that, that is our spotlight section for the podcast. So with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, stay tuned. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with Not a Robot. So we are about to get into our in-depth reviews for the episode, and we will be starting off with Catwoman number 47, which is brought to us by writer Teeny Howard, with art from Caitlin Yarsky, colors from Jordi Belair, letters from Tom Napolitano and Josh Reed, two letters on this one, and another beautiful cover from Jeff Decal. 
So in this issue, Valmont and Selina are on a flight, uh, whisked away to parts unknown because Valmont, well, at least Selina does not know because Valmont is the one that planned it all. But as it turns out, he planned trips to various places in Europe where the various families of the crime lords of Gotham uh, currently reside, and they are going to run uh, little ops to take down bits of their operation from across the world, starting off with the Finn, uh, Finbar's family, the Sullivans, I believe is his last name, where they're going to, uh, and here's where it was a little iffy on it because it was a lot of words. <laughs> uh, they are, are going to uh, find a close family friend. For me, it was a little vague about who he is, but I think he's a money launderer for. He was an accountant for the Sullivan family. Uh, but as it turns out, he's actually about to get hit, like whacked, like killed. Uh, and they find this out after Catwoman sneaks into his cabin late one night uh, to interrogate him, but instead asks for her help uh, to save him. Uh, and. Son of a bitch, what's the last thing I said? <laughs> uh, the last thing you said was you were trying to make sense of who Finbar Sullivan was. Holy shit, really? So, I mean, really, yeah, that's, yeah. Jesus, I got like halfway through the issue. For fuck's sake, this goddamn internet, man. Okay.
I'll go back. <laughs> right. Okay, you can just, I'll pick up where I last remember talking about it. You can edit it, right? Um, let's see here. You might as well just start it at the, start it at the beginning. Okay. Okay. Yes, this is Catwoman number 47. Uh, this is brought to us by writer Teeny Howard with art by Caitlin Yarsky. Colors from Jordi Belair. Letters from Tom Napolitano and Josh Reed. We have two letters this time. And a Weird. wonderful cover from Jeff DeCal. So, um... Oh, wow. I completely forgot his name all of a sudden. Selena and Valmont are whisked Valmont. away on a flight uh, to, at least for Selena, parts unknown. Uh, but Valmont knows where they're going as he planned their little trip away. Uh, and their trip away has to do with the various crime lords of Gotham that Selina has been tussling with the past few months. And they are going to visit the various locations across Europe where the various families families are located and their operations abroad. The pair are going to make uh, calculated uh, stops and, excuse me, uh, take out jobs and hits on the, the operations and try to put a squeeze on the families as a whole take away some of the funding, stop some international escapades, see what they can do. And their first stop is to the Sullivan family, uh, where I found it was a little vague as to what exactly was going on, but at this chalet in the Alps, I believe, is um, a friend of the Sullivan family who I believe is a broker for them, an accountant of sorts. So Selena sneaks into uh, the accountant's cabin late at night uh, to kind of interrogate him, scares the crap out of him, but then admits that he's actually about to get whacked himself by, uh, I believe, the Sullivan family themselves, so he doesn't uh, give away trade secrets. Uh, as he's pleading for Selena to help him, armed enforcers appear outside the cabin and start shooting through the window trying to take out the man so Selena and the accountant uh, jump out the back door to where Valmont is waiting with the snowmobile and ensues in a chase down the snowy mountain with Selena jumping from snowmobile to snowmobile taking out the armed enforcers they eventually make it to a helicopter which is waiting for Selena and Valmont uh, after having rescued the accountant uh, he will make his way back to Gotham and testify what he needs to testify. Meanwhile, in Gotham, uh, Dario Tommaso is watching Selena's apartment and uh, cat-sitting, her, her very galaxy-themed cat. Uh, he's left the place a mess, uh, so much of a mess, that the costume he has laid out and is slowly assembling to maybe one day perhaps be Selena's sidekick, as he might be even going so far as to uh, workshop some names with the kitten, uh, Stray Boy or Tomcat or something better. I think something better. Just don't do Catman because that's got baggage to it. Yeah. Uh, underneath the costume <laughs> is what the kitty was actually looking for, and that was her food bowl because she's hungry. So Dario goes out to get some food for her. But waiting in the elevator is none other than Noah, his, I imagine at this point, ex-boyfriend, 
who is now the Tommaso family enforcer and the heir to the Tommaso empire because you know Dario wants nothing to do with it so Noah kidnaps Dario stuffs him in a trunk but Noah is smart enough to have a second phone uh, and try to contact Selena however Selena and Valmont are buried deep underground in Vienna Austria in a vault uh, which I believe is where the I never remember which family it is because they were not very clear about which family they were attacking next <laughs> they didn't actually say I believe but it's the family that is trafficking women I believe that's the Ebenescu's uh, so yes. they find yeah they, they find uh, photos of women um, that Selene describes are very disgusting but unfortunately exactly what they need to take down parts of the operation and all the while will also steal some loot, gold, treasure, and money at the same time uh, the only difference is Valmont knew they were here the whole time and according to Selena she he did nothing about it despite the fact that he knew a lot and knew for a, possibly a very long time she was understandably pissed but before they could get into that fight uh enforcers for i imagine the ibanescu family appear at the vault they let them in and make quick work of them because they were not that hot shit uh, the two retreat to a rooftop across from the bank and with their little escapade of being bank robbery the cops now have more than enough reason to enter the vault and uh, inspect the contents of all the safety deposit boxes and find any illegal activity going on therein. Uh, but now that they are above ground, uh, Dario's phone calls are finally getting through to Selena, where he lets her know that he has been kidnapped by Noah and is most likely going to be killed. But as Valmont says, there's no way they'd make it back to Gotham. It's a 10-hour flight from here, and that's it. They got on one now. They'll kill him before they even get there. Uh, to which Dario then says, I don't know where in Europe you are, but I have an aunt Mia in Tuscany, and I always trusted her. So now they're going to Italy. Well, I don't okay. know much about like the crime families, but if, if you're going to die in Gotham in the next, say, 10 hours... What is going to your aunt in Italy that you trust going to do? She's in Italy. What's she going to do in Gotham? Unless she can make a call. But Callum can make a call? It just seems a little odd, but we'll see in the next issue because I'm sure well, there's a good story coming. <laughs> it just seems may, maybe, his aunt, maybe his aunt carries a little more weight than the average person does. Oh, maybe. Maybe. I, it would be his dad's sister, so... Potentially. Indeed. I don't know. Oh, we'll see in 48. I don't know. I'm also hoping Valmont doesn't woo Selena or woo her too hard, especially uh, now that it's come out that he's he knows a little bit more than he should, a little bit more illegal activity than she's more comfortable with. So I hope they stay as just comrades and not lovers, though I also fear it might be too late for that because I am a big bat cat stan. We'll see how it goes. The yeah, art's still I'm great. a bat cat stan too, but you know, it just yeah. I don't know if that that if that's ever meant to happen or not. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Maybe it's uh best left to the elseworlds. We'll see how that goes. 
but as for the art, uh, stellar art still. The pencils were fantastic. The colors were really nice. The lettering for both of you, Mr. Napolitano and Reed, very well done. Uh, I've already spoken volumes about the cover. And again, I don't think we've had a bad issue of Catwoman in, in ages, at least in recent memory. Uh, I don't remember. I wasn't reading much Catwoman before Infinite Frontier, so I couldn't really tell you what it was like back then. But uh, from what I hear, it was really good then, too. So, uh, yeah, it's been a good run. 8.75 for this issue. Really enjoying the story arc. I give it the exact same score in 8.75, man. First off, what a badass cover. Um, Jeff Decal, Decal, or however we're going to say that. Um, what a cover artist, man. And it, the, the, the art inside was so good, too. Um, some of the facial expressions. Excuse me there. Uh, some of the facial expressions I... Uh, in a couple of the panels I wasn't a huge fan of a little bit more uh, simplistic than they needed to be but uh, other than that really the story it's the kind of Catwoman story I like badass intelligent methodical can't talk (laughs) I am looking forward to number 48 and the one after that one as well uh, the relationship between her and Valmont is a curious one. And I'm I'm interested in watching it unfold, however that happens as well. But, uh, yeah, for me, 8.75 out of 10. Right on. So while, uh, while I do hope that that relationship between her and, um, Belmont happens at a at at a somewhat slow pace. I am uh, hoping that we can quickly flash on over to the next book and uh, take care of that one. Right on. I think we will definitely head west towards <laughs> a new city. Yeah. Indeed. The yeah. Flash number seven eighty six, written by Jeremy. <laughs> Written by Jeremy Adams with art from Amon K. Nahualpan. Uh, colors from Jeremy Cox and Peter Pantazis. And letters from Justin Birch. And a really cool cover from Torin Clark. Uh, out of the omniverse spanning, affecting everything Dark Crisis. This is the only book that was touched by it this week, really. Um... This book, this is everyone teaming up and working together to take out Slade's Dark Army. Um, we've got the Bat Family, Spoiler, Cass, Signal, Oracle, and Damien. They take on all of North and South America, five members. Titans take Asia. Roy Harper, Cyborg, Starfire, Raven, Aquaman, Donna Troy, and Red Arrow, seven members. The JSA gets Europe. 11 members. What the hell? I mean, you're including <laughs> Power Girl and Dr. Fate. And and, and they, they, they take double what anybody else has, and they get the smallest group of land. What is wrong with the, JL, with the JSA? There's not much faith in, in, in these OG heroes anymore, I'm going to say. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> 
I mean, am I wrong? Is that messed up or what? <laughs> uh, yeah, the the team size was definitely. I was wondering how the hell you're gonna lead the Bat Family to two entire freaking continents. Uh, the JSA I can understand with Europe because uh, half the team that's still around, or maybe not even half the team. Some of the members fought in World War II, so they'd have a good idea of, of um, at least some of Europe. But yeah, you're right. The proportions just don't make sense. Nope, not even a little bit. Um, oh, and then to help everyone everywhere is going to be the Flash family, the uh, family emphasis on the family part. Uh, Jesse Quick, Max Mercury, Kid Flash, Jay Garrick, Wally, Linda, Jay, and Irie, all super-powered speedsters now. Uh, Dick is not around because he's with Garfield, uh, sitting at his bedside feeling very bad about how he saved Garfield's life just by being present. Um, because, you know, an explosion wouldn't have killed Dick. Uh, before everyone takes off, Mr. Terrific whips up a costume for Linda, but not for the kids. Go figure. It's cool-looking uh, retro kind of styled costume that reminds Jay of uh, Judy. More on that later. They run all over the place. People are getting stuff done. They run into Animal Man and Animal Girl, which is awesome to see them again. I hope that we get to see more of them. So yeah, so half the Flash team and some of the JSA converge on an island of Nazi zombies. Had to be that for some reason. Uh, Nazi zombies, you know, that's just your typical cannon fodder. It's uh, awfully seen on an island of of uh, not connected to anything. Just a just a bunch of uh, zombie Nazis hanging out. It turns out that that particular isle of uh, Nazi zombies was. Um, under the charge of Clarion the Witch Boy, who was also holding some of the JSA as prisoner, who was also quickly contained by Wally West, who happened to learn just a few sigils to do just that from the Justice League Dark. Wrapping up that fight, they race toward the next ones. This story continues in Dark Crisis Infinite Earths. Flash continues next month, and Wally becomes a pro wrestler. So I guess I'm glad to know things go back to normal so soon, I guess. Uh, first, first the Judy thing. Judy's been mentioned a couple of times lately. Um, the, the Stargirl TV show, the Spring Break special, and it started with seeing Judy Garrick written on the chalkboard at the beginning of Flashpoint Beyond. So there's no definitive answers yet, but it may be his daughter, uh, though him and his wife never had one before. They were unable to have kids. Previously in storylines, they adopted a son, but he died at like three or something. So either that never happened and they changed the character somehow, or there's something more afoot here than we previously thought. There's going to be some kind of relation here. What also is cool is that apparently with the new JSA, Judy Garrick may be a hero within those ranks. And also, though there is already and will continue to be a version of her here in the main universe, we will get an, an additional Huntress on the JSA when the JSA comes back. And I hope that's really good. Um, not just the Huntress, but also Huntress. Um... There's times where both the inks and the colors are off in this book. 
the rest was really good art. The story was pretty cool. I, I'm glad it wasn't really tied to Dark Crisis, other than that very initial page of why we are all together. Cool, great, awesome. Um, and then they, you know, they just sped off and fought zombie Nazis. Somehow, I enjoyed that better than any other Dark Crisis book I've read. Uh, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> Last time a Flash book got tied to a story arc, it was ridiculous. We lost important pieces to just nothing. The cosmic treadmill is gone, and we still have nothing or nothing. We No point. It's, it disappeared for no reason. There was no reason for it to even happen or be tied to the Flash book. But uh, yep, something something major happened, and now we, we the the Flash family, the Flash book suffered for it with no uh, no explanation in the books, and it pisses me off. So I'm glad that this barely touched it. Um, it's got a lot going on. It was a super fun read. This one I liked it a lot. Lots going on with the Flash Flash family, and I'm down for that. So. Uh, Long as it stays away from war, war, war from World Three or Jesus Christ, uh, from War for Earth Three kind of areas, I, I, I'm I'm very happy with this one. So I gave it an eight out of ten. Right on. Yeah, that that whole chapter with War for Earth Three. If I will say anything though, that was the only good chapter of that five part story. That should not have existed. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was fucked up. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, as for the Flash seven eighty six, though, honestly, still such a fun, lighthearted series so far. Uh, it feels mm-hmm. I was getting at this issue. It feels like the comics of the two thousands again, where it's it's grown up a bit, but it it's got a bit more passion and fun to it. Maybe that's just how I felt growing up. I don't know. It just it felt different. It felt like it got somewhere it, it came to something and they grew and it feels like we're getting back to that where wally has taken over the book the numbering hasn't changed um barry may be still around in places but wally is wholeheartedly the flash he has his family back the flash family's still going strong it feels like everything is right in the world yay yeah it's honestly both great art and fun stories worth a read every time there's nothing to hate about this this whole book so far in my opinion like there have been some down plays but even those down moments have been a lot of fun and and still fun reads so definitely if you're not reading the flash just go read it (laughs) i don't know what you're waiting for and not even a pun they're very quick reads they they really don't they don't feel very long at all it's insane and next issue, Wally's just out of the blue. He's a pro wrestler now. Okay, yeah, that's 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 fantastic. I dig that. Why I'm not? By that. Yeah, I can't wait to see how that happens. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I, I gave this a 9 out of 10. I'm loving the Flash right now. Putting Wally back in a costume is the best decision they made. And giving him his family back and hell giving linda powers i i don't know i haven't read everything from wally's past so i don't know if that's ever happened before but it's certainly an interesting development uh it's not happened that i'm aware of fair enough yeah so it's fresh it's exciting i like it and whatever's going on with jay i didn't realize uh just how many hints they've given to this judy garrick character 
but I'm getting interested. I'm getting very excited, and I'm curious where that's going to go because it's popping up apparently everywhere. So, yeah. So apparently, we're gonna have to read through the the Star Girl mini and then into the into his JSA. So it's like right drop drop a little hint here, and then you're gonna have to read through the rest of my stuff and buy the rest of my stuff if you want the answer. I mean, that's... Uh, damn you, dumb dogs! Damn you all to hell! <laughs> you blew it all up! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, with the JSA coming back, I, I honestly, I'm not a huge Stargirl fan, um, no. but JSA, um, you know, I'm down to see what happens there as long as, you know, I'm... I'm Maybe they don't need eleven of them to take on Europe. If 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 five of the B side bat family can can uh can take on North and South America, that's all I'm saying. You know. Yeah, really. But <laughs> we're gonna take. You got five people with no superpowers over there. Power Girl, Doctor Fate. You're gonna five people no superpowers gonna take on. Oh, I don't know. Twenty five times the land mass is you. <laughs> yeah the bad family really got the short straw there I don't know what the hell happened yeah. uh, maybe, they're, maybe they're just capable of one but speaking of the bat family we do have yes. one that we could go over and uh, swing by Rob yes. you want to you wanna talk to us about that one I, I think I definitely will I'll, I'll take us to a little bit of a haven for a moment with Nightwing number 96 I think I'm starting to get a little bit better with these transitions. We'll see how it goes. I will monitor in the future. So, this is written by, as usual suspect, Mr. Tom Taylor with art from Bruno Redondo, inks from Caio Felipe, colors from Adriano Lucas, and letters from Wes Abbott. So, we open up on Bloodhaven, where Batgirl is zooming her way through the streets towards Haven. Which is currently on fire, thanks to blockbusters enforcers. Uh, she's trying to get a hold of Nightwing, but he is unable to respond as his mask has been beaten off his face by Blockbuster, and his identity has been revealed. So he puts the mask back on, stands up, which I find uh, very out of the blue, considering how viciously he was beaten last issue. Seemingly unconscious, but here he is just standing. Puts the mask back on. Um blockbuster calls for electrocutioner and brutal to merge on his location and bring more soldiers if not everyone but dick is ready to fight uh, he has the moment he needs it's going to take a few minutes for them to get there and that's all he's all the time he'll need so he begins to put the beat down on blockbuster batgirl's still trying to get a hold of him now she actually can now that his mask is back on and tells her uh, to worry about haven He's got this. Blockbuster uh, knows his identity, but she needs to worry about Haven and evacuate people. Uh, he can take care of Blockbuster and proceeds to not just physically beat him, but verbally beat him as well. Basically saying how uh, Bloodhaven is against him. Uh, he will be left with nothing. Everyone hates him, and he's going to lose. And the Batgirl arrives at Haven, which is uh, technically a flame. But the citizens of Bloodhaven came to pour buckets of water on the fire and slowly douse the flames. Everyone is there to help. 
because they all love Haven as a concept and a reality. So which Nightwing then takes that information straight to Blockbuster's face along with his Escrima sticks and tells him that it sounds like Bloodhaven is putting your fires out, Blockbuster. The entire city is fighting you. You're done. Beats him with a book, conveniently called Moby Dick. <laughs> uh, to which Brutal, uh, he That's calls out for Brutal and Executioner because he's getting the beat down laid on him. Uh, Brutal and Executioner are standing outside the building that Blockbuster and Nightwing are inside. But uh, Batgirl and Batwoman are standing guard outside the door, not letting them in. Uh, but Batgirl pulls out a tablet and says, Look, I've got something to show you. You should definitely see this. And then you're going to want to tell all your friends. But back inside, uh, Blockbuster begins to get the upper hand against Nightwing, breaking one of his Screamer sticks and smacking him away. But Nightwing gets a sneaky uppercut kick to the face on Blockbuster which sends him flying through a window and onto the ground and a Bloodhaven citizen dumps a bucket of water on him and says this place doesn't belong to you uh, so he runs off to the car where Electrocutioner and Brutal are uh, and demands for them to open the car to which Electrocutioner says no we know what you did the hero showed us how you own Bloodhaven Private Prison. I did time there. I had barely any food or sunlight. I was stuck in hell. And Brutal agrees that, yeah, I had friends there, some that didn't even survive. Screw you. And uh, I say screw you because I am not approved by the authority of DC Comics, so I cannot convey what Electrocutioner actually said and did, but he said a lot. Uh, it's oh. a great panel. You gotta check it out. <laughs> So the fires are out, the day is saved, Batgirl heads up to Nightwing, to which he is finally safe. Uh, she comes to his side and very wistfully says, I'm not really okay. Blockbuster knows who I am. It won't be safe. We won't be safe. We can't be together. To which Barbara just laughs it off and says, yeah, fuck that. I love you, and I love how everything wants... I love the, the part of you that wants to protect everyone. So this is a bit of the sacrifice that I'm never going to accept. We're always in danger. There's no reason for us to split up just because somebody knows your secret identity. I'm going to be in danger anyway. We will always figure it out together. Uh, so they solidify their relationship and their love for each other. Oracle and Nightwing, Batgirl and Robin, Dick and Babs, forever. And they finish off the night with a kiss. We then cut back to Blockbuster, who was run off after being uh, abandoned by everyone basically just everyone uh and he's <laughs> running down a dark alley but is found by none other than heartless who has upgraded his heart stealing equipment to uh kind of account for blockbuster size and the thickness of his skin and rips the heart right out of his chest to which uh heartless will now head off with the heart which is now his uh, will be beating in his chest potentially to give him enhanced strength and durability and the city is also now his and next issue there we'll see a power vacuum uh, so long blockbuster good to see you uh we'll probably see you again in a couple of years despite the fact that your heart got ripped out but you always seem to come back but hello no, i think that might be the first time anybody's ever pulled the heart from his chest yeah that, that's definitely a thing that's definitely a thing. That, that'll be interesting to see going forward. 
what happens. Um, maybe he's actually going to be dead now, but eventually somebody's going to forget this happened, I think. But that's for the future. Yeah, right I mean, now, he's yep. dead. Yeah. Um, dead, dead. In interesting developments, for sure. Uh, Heartless making a, a bigger name for themselves right now. I'm yeah. very curious to see where that's going to go. If this is somebody of uh, note to take uh, a name off of, or what? Maybe Azuko. Who knows? Uh, we'll we'll just have to find out. But it's it's certainly an interesting story. I'm loving it. The art's fantastic. The cover for this for Bruno Redondo, uh, while it did pick up some heat from Twitter, I think was fantastic. It was a Brady Bunch style cover uh, with the two Robins, Tim Drake and Damian Wayne, in the middle on opposite sides of the Nightwing logo, one scowling, one smiling. I thought that was adorable. Mm-hmm. Bitewing is there being all cute. You can't go wrong with Haley. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I said a lot about The Flash being such an amazing book, but this is also such an amazing book. Uh, if you have not been checking this out, definitely uh, check this out. It is a fun one, and for this issue, I also gave a 9 out of 10 just fantastic yeah indeed it what an awesome issue it really was heartless steps up and now it's his time to shine or their time to shine uh never again will they be able to rely on blockbuster for a nightwing story which is very comforting at least you know until they reset the universe like rob said it ended the only way it could have ended, really, and had it, you know, and 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 still have be a satisfying conclusion when things were that in their face with uh, blockbuster after both Dick Grayson and Nightwing. There was only one thing that could have believably happened. It did, and then it was resolved by Heartless. That is cool. Leads me to some ideas. Um, it did the it did this uh, the story really well. I uh, I didn't have a problem with the pacing, even if some people did. Now we are on to Heartless and to see how that one plays out. I like that they've been around, just hanging out through the at the fringes throughout this whole thing. Uh, and and hopefully Dick and Barbara don't unnecessarily reveal their identities now that they don't have to worry about Blockbuster, but they don't know that yet. Art. In this thing was as fantastic as always. And what if Heartless is Dick's sister? Oh man, that would suck. God, I hope not. Because I, I actually really like Melinda Zuko. <laughs> I do too. Character, yeah. Very interesting character. But I'm trying to think if if we've ever seen her sleeveless. I'm trying to think if we've ever seen her like with her arms rolled up or anything that would have given us a chance to see if there was USB slots in her skin. Um, but I, I and, and I would have to go through and scour quite a few issues to 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 uh, to figure that out. But jumping right off the page, I, I I'm I'm thinking we usually see we've I think we've always seen her in suits. Yeah, I mean she is mayor after all. I gotta dress the part. Well, right, and you know I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that could yeah. explain away some stuff, and 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 uh, so I I think that that is definitely a possibility. And if it does, that's gonna fuck with Nightwing, 
um, one way or the other. It, and uh, no matter what, this heartless, this heartless, uh, I, I've been waiting for this to come to fruition and see what this is all about while we dealt with the blockbuster shit that was in the way beforehand. That's the way I've been looking at it. So now I'm like, finally on to the good shit. Who's this person? And I loved it, man. Um, I gave this a nine point, uh, or excuse me, a nine out of ten as well. It was fantastic. Um, he is Nightwing, like we are seeing, um, at least from what we can assume, what we are seeing celebrated with this whole new uh, dawn of the new DCU stuff uh nightwing is really coming into his own it looks like he's being respected maybe even more so than the man who trained him which would be uh half the co-stars in the title that we should review next world's finest number seven here's something odd with world's finest number seven the cover says Wade Moore and Bond villain on the cover. Uh, the credits page says written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora, colors Tamra Bond villain, letters Steve Wands, and the cover by Mora. So, did they mess up the credits on the cover or on the credits page? Interesting. That <laughs> the. Uh, this this book is the origin story of Boy Thunder, a super cool-sounding name, let me tell you. His parents sent him away from a planet in another dimension that was exploding. Sound familiar? And then uh, he sees his parents from here and rushes to them only to be met with hostility because their kid died when he was three, so essentially he saw his parents and then they were taken from him right in front of him. Superman and Batman and Robin find him, um, somebody who has uh, gone through everything that Superman and Batman have gone through, pretty much. He has superpowers because of the sun, of course, and he explodes into intense heat and light. Though the outfit that he is wearing does not get affected by the flames or his outpour of energy that he just had, Superman says that they need to go to the Fortress of Solitude, and gives him a suit that won't be afflicted, affected by flames. That seems like just this big thing that got folded over on itself. There's not a lot of pages here. Uh, it's It can't be that hard to get it, right? Uh, um, anyway, he actually takes Boy Thunder to the bottle city of Candor to get that suit. Um, so this one is a purple suit with green trimmings and a cape. Tim takes him in a helicopter and introduces him to the Teen Titans. Speedy, Wally is Kid Flash, Tempest is Aqualad, and Donna Troy is Wonder Girl. Elsewhere, some sack of skin and bones named Leonard has gone three weeks without eating, and another dude named the Keymaster has food on the floor and says crawl to it. Oh, Boy, um, <laughs> Boy Thunder, we really couldn't have come up with a, a, a different name than that. Uh, blatantly ripping off the origin stories and superpower sets of Superman and Batman. That's weird. Um, 
it it was okay. It was it was a little tiny bit better than okay. The art was good, not Mora's best in a few places, or it was more doing an impression of Mora, uh, Mora, uh, especially the Teen Titans page. That was that was that was kind of bad. Um, I'm really not a fan of the whole Boy Thunder thing to begin with. Let's be honest, one look at him and you already know what's going to happen. Lex Luthor, Joker, Green Goblin, Brainiac. His outfit is purple and green. He's going to be a bad guy. Uh, This is a weak entry compared to how I felt up to the point about this book. Unfortunately, uh, so I, I, I... It wasn't bad, like I said. A little bit better than okay, but... It really, really feeling loose here, not 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 loving it much at all. So it got a seven out of ten for me. Well done. Uh, yeah, I I see where you're getting at. Definitely, like when I first heard about the boy thunder coming up, thing. Oh, that's 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 weird. Um, I'm not completely against it because it is. Of course, a blatant ripoff of Superman. They haven't officially given him a name yet, but it is going to be Boy Thunder going forward, and it is obviously a ripoff of Robin. But it's right. also Batman Superman, so these stories tend to just combine Batman Superman uh, story arcs or archetypes or villains somehow. So knowing that it's basically what they're doing with this this spinoff character, I'm not totally against it right now. We'll see how interesting the story goes going forward. But for now, I actually really liked it. Um, I I love Dan Moore's art throughout. I'm surprised you said that the, the page with the Teen Titans was a little off, because that was actually one of my favorite pages. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I thought really? It was, I it was really good, yeah. I gotta take another look at it, because maybe I missed something. But like, I, I spent a good chunk of time staring at that page, uh, just seeing Dan Moore's... Um, version of the younger Teen Titans. I thought it was really cool to see. Uh, I just I feel I feel like I could I feel like well I just I feel like if I'm looking at Dan Moore's art, I I I feel like there should have been more there. Yeah, maybe that's not the right way to say it. Um, I don't know. I I I can kind of see where you're getting at. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe Donna's eyes are a little bit bigger than everyone else's. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, I, you know, the gimpy look on on Tempest's face, the the nineteen fifties off shucks face on on it just. I mean, it could have been better. I'm I'm just saying it's not it's not yeah. bad. It's not yeah. bad. It's just to me not Dan Moore, but Fair I would enough. assume with Dan. If me if I if Brandon was on the podcast right now he would be lambasting me and filleting me alive. Not necessarily. I'm kind of curious what his take on that would be, uh, <laughs> especially when you go to the page previously and you see the the 1966 Batcopter that they're all flying in, which I think yeah is the Robin Copter. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was that was fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what what's going to happen. Uh, I think that that is that's just the key isn't it that guy at the end uh 
The creepy looking dude with the keys on it? I don't know. It says yeah, next, the key master of Gotham. Key master. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, you might not be. Either I don't way, know. he's a creepy looking fucker. So we'll, we'll see. And who the hell is Leonard? It doesn't matter now. He's dead. <laughs> it's a shame. Sorry, Leonard, but I think you're out of the story now. Well, I mean, I wonder, was it Snart? Oh, okay. Well, shit. Can't be, because he's still alive in the future. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um... I don't know. I'm still, I'm still really liking this this book so far. Uh, I think it's been a lot of fun, much like the the last two books we've been talking about. Same with Catwoman. I, I, it hasn't really had a bad issue yet for me. I also gave this one a nine out of ten. Road trip. <clears throat> Again, you cannot go wrong. What about a road trip? <laughs> the Catwoman road trip book. Oh, you hated yeah. that issue. Oh, yeah, yeah. You weren't a, a big fan of it, were you? No. No, that was before. That was before I made the realization that Teeny Howard has a doesn't have a writing voice. She has a writing mood, so you just kind of you just kind of go gotta go along for whatever the atmosphere is. Oh, I think that's a good thing. I was just uh, that was a little bit more lighthearted than I was ready to get into from the after following the immediate seriousness of the previous Catwoman story. I think that's I think that's where that went wrong for me, but. Yeah, fair enough. I guess it that. was horrible. Yeah, there's definitely been some better issues in that series so far. Much like I think all four of the books we talked about in our in-depth review, there's been some ups and downs throughout. But I, at least personally, I've enjoyed every issue so far. I think the only downside for Flash for me was the the gimmick issue with the choose your own adventure because it it wasn't much of a choose your own adventure, right? Yeah. Again, it's some that's an issue you really should read physically, and since I read digitally, it just didn't feel the same. I don't know. Yeah, it got lost on me. Yeah. Well. It got lost on me. That is our books for the week. That that's the reviews. We actually have reached the end. It it it, it feels so weird that it's been a big week but such a short review period. Um, yeah, there's 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 not a lot to cover when there's so many mini series. That's the problem. And only two of us. We we'd be here all night talking about stuff, but we unfortunately do not have all night. So here we are. Oh, Rob's got a wedding to finish planning. Yeah, I gotta I gotta write speeches and whatnot. <laughs> I've been written a and speech. It is years. It, it is not easy to climb in in inside of a, a skin tight lycra green lantern suit. So I mean No, no, it really isn't. With a kilt. It's <laughs> it's just it's sticky and woolly at the same time. It's not a nice feeling. <laughs> yeah. Well, Horrible. um that will now shift into our top three books of the week and favorite mono if you have one uh josh what you got uh number three i'm gonna give to the flash great story great time number two catwoman this is the kind of catwoman that i want to read and number one nightwing nightwing is just 
on fire, much like the Haven was in the book, but I'll be damned. It, it just keeps getting better and better. So Nightwing for my number one. And my favorite moment was is, is from inside the Flash. Um, it was spread out over a couple of different panels, but it's when Irie uh, was talking all that smack to Damien and Jay was slamming Roy about wearing a baseball cap as a part of his superhero outfit. I laughed at both of those and then they kept going back to it and it was just like, oh, that's a tickle. I liked it. So favorite moment for me right there. All right, it was Stephanie kneeling down to Irie saying, hey, I'm, I'm uh, Stephanie, this is Cass. We're your new best friends. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so much fun uh my top three is very similar albeit in a different order uh my top three all had the same score so it was kind of hard to place them in a specific order but i will say honorable mention to catwoman for being ever so close to the same score it was also quite good but these three just narrowly beat it out at number three i had nightwing a lot of fun great book number two i had world's finest uh for everything i've already said and number one i had the flash uh, and favorite moment will also come from the Flash. You gave me a bit of a panic attack that when you started saying what you were saying about your favorite panels from the Flash, and it uh, <laughs> took place over a series of panels. I'm like, oh shit, we're gonna have the same one, but we don't, because uh, for me it was Power Girl giving Jay a little bit too much power with the hand clap, and he proceeds to just constantly do it. <laughs> oh, where where he where he, where he goes, Oprah? <laughs> yeah. You get a thunderclap. You get a thunderclap. <laughs> I don't remember who was with them, but he, he said to Power Girl, "I think you've created a monster or something like that." That was Hawkman. Hawkman, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a that good. Was a that was a good part too. That was a good part. I'm, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to more of this Flash-centered family. Uh, storytelling to be going on because there's so it's it, it's such a rich uh, field uh, t- to grow stories from it's it yeah. it opens up a whole bunch of stuff that we've not really seen in flash books before while allowing us to maintain the same kind of feel that we love in a flash book um, it's almost like uh, the flash book are the 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 Marvel movies of the DC universe. Like you know, that's that's where oh, you yeah. go for your your bright and shiny, your happy you know your happy stories that might be serious, but still are mostly you know you're gonna walk away feeling good. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a single hero book, but it's got a, a full lead cast, which is is just fantastic. It's an ensemble book in the guise of a single hero book. I think it's fantastic. You, yes. you hit the nail right on the head. Like, it's not just Wally West; it's his kids and Linda too, and you yep. can have stories about all four of them. It, it's great. Any and of the rest knows? of the Flash family supporting cast, you cannot go wrong. <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe we'll find a home for Max and Jesse yet. Exactly. And Barry, the slowest, fastest man alive, is just not there. I hope he stays in space. Yeah, that's fine. Just stay with Justice League Incarnate. That's cool. I don't hate you, Barry Allen, but you've been around for a while. Give the spotlight to the rest of the family for a bit. We got Wallace on the Teen Titans. Yeah. But on the Titans, we don't have a speedster, right? 
So, so send Jesse Quick over to the Titans. Ooh. Wally West is going to be on the Justice League. Supposedly. Because they haven't had a flash in a minute, I think. Right. So I'm just going by de facto assumptions there. You're the official yeah. flash. You're, you're a speedster on the Justice League. So if that's the case, we got... We've got um, we've got Teen Titans, we've got Titans, we've got Justice League, uh, but we don't have a place for Max Mercury. What team can Max Mercury go on, other than JSA? Because Jay Garrick is there as a speedster. Uh, hmm. Well, Max, I don't know. Was he was he ever really on a team? No, he was, wasn't he? No, I mean not 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 like. He's always just been a side character. Yeah, he's never been like a, a like the guy. And I was trying yeah. to think of a team where he could be the guy. The outsiders? I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! No, that's a good idea. That is a good yeah. idea. Max Mercury is definitely on the outside of the Speedsters little thing too, so it fits. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Excellent idea, Rob. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> we just need we need an unorthodox lineup for the 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 outsiders that we haven't had before. Like it's cool, like Black Lightning and Katana and Signal. Like they're they're cool, but let's have some fresh blood, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I think they they were the de facto outsiders team for like the past twenty thirty years now. Like let's let's have a, a bit of a twist in the lineup. I think. So oh, yeah, Num- number one, Katana and Black Lightning run it now, and Batman yeah. has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. That and should be number one. Them, he's broke now. Right. That should be that should be number one. Ooh, Green Arrow and the Outsiders. <laughs> Nightwing can fund them. He just oh, night- trusts yeah, them to do do what. You know, he he trusts Black Lightning more than Batman does. He trusts Katana more than Batman does. Let him run it. Get Max Mercury in there. uh, Signal in there. That would be cool. Um, Shit, there's a few more people that are out there that that just need a home. Yeah. Like Huntress. I I, I, got a lineup for you. You got Green Arrow funding the team and being the the pseudo leader behind the chair okay you have signal you have max mercury you have black lightning mm-hmm. and you have artemis mm. nice okay yeah it ruins my hope that the outlaws get back together but i'm okay with it I yeah I, I don't think they're ever getting back together buddy i'm so sorry <laughs> i know yeah, I think Bizarro is still in hell, so I don't think he's ever getting out. A boy can dream for very long. Well, I, I, just, I just I want Pup Pup to come back somewhere, you know. Me too, me too. And the fact that you're right that Bizarro is probably going to be staying in hell for quite some time, literally, and I mean this, it stinks. Much like yeah. another thing that we have happening in on this podcast, and that is the
the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. That it is, Cleveland. That it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it is the biggest stinker. What made your stink list this week, Josh? Um. Well, okay. So first, it didn't get a horrible score, but I it really could have. I was seriously disappointed in the world's finest. So, um, biggest stinker, honorable mention. Uh, world's finest bad gas. I'm not sure where it is. I want to put that, but that's definitely a runner-up. Uh, my biggest stinker this week, though, is going to be Dark Crisis Young Justice number four. E-U. Yeah, right on there. Um, I, I almost took some Pepto this week because I I don't like to put books in the biggest stinker pile unless they get below a certain score. Like, if it's a seven and under, I'm thinking, okay, like this is definitely a stinker. But Young, Young Justice got a 7.5 for me. So I, I felt it didn't really deserve it, but going through it again, it definitely deserves it. It's <laughs> it's going on the stink list. Stinkered. Yeah, sorry, Young Justice. Hopefully you pick up the pace by issue six. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. In terms of appealing, I feel like it's more it, it's less Young Justice and more Young Legal System. <laughs> 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 Uh, we all prefer justice, but legal is what we usually get. In any yeah. case. <laughs> oh, man. That's She-Hulk right now. That's, so. that's She-Hulk. I'm channeling yeah. my She-Hulk jokes. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> I love that show so much. So good, good shit, good shit. I watched last shit. week's fuck. It's the one I've been waiting for, too. Damn. Well, that is our show for this week. Remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NER podcast for just a dollar a month. And be sure to check out our Substack. Uh, check out Twitter for links to that and more. And as always, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. Good to yourself. Be good to everyone. <laughs> until next time be good to yourself be good to each other and don't be a robot